0: You ready? Yeah. I'm ready. Are you, you ready? ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this. Tic-tac-toe. Let's do this. Let's go. So I was uh, reading a CNN news report the other day. Wait, you were
1: reading a TV report? I was
0: reading a TV report. Is that a thing?
1: Uh, maybe. I don't know. You're reading the TV on the internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on your phone.
0: Maybe I was sleeping and I heard them tell it to me in my dreams. Oh, maybe. Maybe.
1: If uh, you're dreaming about Trump, you got major issues. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Completely off topic, but that rubber duck oh boy. has made it to Toronto. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Pisses me off. Anyways, but in the report, what what they were talking about was Donald Trump's uh, travel ban. So he proposed a travel ban in the United States from uh, six different uh, residents from six different countries coming into the United States themselves, fearing for terrorism and all the, the fear mongering that he does and uh that was essentially defeated and what ended up happening now is, is the supreme court has now essentially sided with him and uh, upholding the ban so six different residents from six different countries are no longer allowed to enter in the united states unless there's a bona fide reason for them to do so um meaning unless they have direct family relatives mom dad um, brother sister so on and so forth
1: not grandma and grandpa
0: yeah not grandma and grandpa um, and things like that so I mean what the hell's going on in the states like what are these uh, Supreme Court judges thinking? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of makes you wonder if all decisions are are sort of arbitrary, right? Yeah. Like it's it's important to make the distinction that that of course Trump's people and Spicer's replacement, that yeah. uh, uh, the Sanders lady, yeah. the yeah. Sanders one, she's the son of the or she's the daughter of that crazy guy who, who uh, had some some really far right uh, extremist views around uh, birth control and and some other things, uh, uh, but. Uh, It's important to make the the distinction that even though the Trump camp called it a victory, it's only it's only a temporary uh, lifting of parts of the ban. And it doesn't actually have any legal weight and it doesn't actually foreshadow what the court is going to do. So there's still there's still a strong possibility that if the ban's illegal, the ban's illegal. But I think that sort of reinforces the notion that if you're going to have laws, you should have laws based on principles that that your your country values, that your nation state values, that that you value as a society. And. That's, what, that's what, where I get back to a lot of times with, with Indigenous issues and why non-Indigenous people should care about Indigenous issues because it's, it's a matter of principle. You can choose to live in a principled society or you can choose to ignore those principles.
2: In the heart of the One Dish with One Spoon Treaty territory, Niagran's Sean Vanderklis and Carl Dockstater dish on any and all issues from a First Nations perspective. From pipeline politics to poverty to pan-Indianism and more, Sean shares his concrete curve Lake take and Carl gives an urban Oneida angle. You are listening to One Dish, One Mic on the Niagara Podcasters Network.
0: Right, exactly. I mean, it's, it's literally what's good for the world. When it comes down to it, we are all human beings, right? Um, we are all red-blooded brothers and sisters aunties and uncles and cousins and all of that and that's why issues matter that's why these social issues um call them indigenous issues call them um, civil rights issues call them travel ban issues this is why we should care um i mean this is this is our life this is our world this is this is our time so yeah
1: yeah we would i mean we wouldn't be where we are collectively as a society there if if you look at if you look at people as an animal right like i i like what you said about all all we're all red-blooded related people right yeah cam newton said it best i think when when he talked about how it's an eighth of a millimeter of of skin pigment that separates one of us from another right so the whole idea of race is is this sort of man-made construct but if you acknowledge the fact that that People are just another animal at the end of the day. Right. Like yeah. we're just a lump of biological mass, like any other lump of biological mass that's, that's out there. We're probably not as special as we think. Um, that may be hard for some people to acknowledge. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? But so we're we're just a lump of, of biology. But the thing that distinguishes our lump of biology is collective knowledge. The fact that we can transfer knowledge from one generation to another. Yeah. That's one of the one of the key differences that that people have. So how people choose to transfer that collective knowledge reflects on our value as a society, which always takes it back to as a society, do you want to have values or do you not want to have values? So again, when it comes back to indigenous issues and why non-indigenous people should care about indigenous issues, why should you care about anything? Right. Why should you wake up in the morning? Why should you go to work? Why should you pay taxes? Why should you try and volunteer? Why should you try and do nice things? Why should you try and make nice decisions? Right. When it,
0: when it comes down to it, like, indigenous issues are the foundation of of canada when 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 you look over time you you if you were to draw a timeline from contact to now the common theme is indigenous issues there's nothing nothing else nothing else has 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 been that constant and that steady um Christopher Columbus came over, right? The, f- the the Dutch came over, the English came over, the French came over, e- each major society that came over eventually ended. The only constant was us. Yeah, that's fair, right? So I mean, our 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 plight and our our direction as communities needs to needs to progress and it's not going to progress if we are the only people caring about it. Um, I act, I'm actively involved in Canadian politics I am, while I don't know if I d- identify as Canadian or if I wholeheartedly identify as being uh, Anishinaabe, um, well I am Anishinaabe, but I mean if I, if I follow through with, with sovereignty and things like that, I care, right? I care about American politics, I care about Canadian politics, I care about Haudenosaunee politics, right? I mean, while we, while we may be indigenous, we're still two fundamentally different nations.
1: Well, that, I mean, that that's something I, I want to touch on what you said about how Canadian history, American history, even the Dutch, yep. English, French history, the Spanish history, yep. the history of all of the European European nations that have that have come over to Turtle Island, that's ultimately about indigenous history. Mm-hmm. and. It's, I mean, many of uh, many of our scholars, be it John Burroughs, Anishinaabe scholar, John yep. Burroughs, Anishinaabe scholar, Alan Corbier, who's who's doing uh, work at the ROM yep. this summer that, that I would definitely encourage any of our listeners to to go check out, uh, or whether it's Paul Williams, a uh, Haudenosaunee lawyer uh, and expert, they all they all trace the origin of Canada back to the Treaty of Niagara, yep. which is which is sort of why this is dish with one spoon territory right like when you if if you rewind the clock a little bit and you look at everything that happened up to 1763 with the royal proclamation in 1764 the signing of the treaty of niagara and if you look at everything since then that's what that's what really set the tone for north american politics broadly yep was was that there was conflict there was strife there was wheeling and dealing there was trade and then there was this very unlikely peace that happened in 1764 and if you look at everything that's happened since then the further that the North American settler nations have have gotten from that piece, the more conflict and, and strife that there's been. So ultimately, if you look at if you if you rewind, take a step back and look at history from from a broad bird's eye standpoint and view, then then, yeah, it, it's it's important to realize that that indigenous history is Canadian history, is American history, is North American history.
0: Yeah, no, ex- exactly. I I wholeheartedly agree and now the issue that we're facing is is selling that to non-indigenous people like i mean why should they care they should care
1: because well selling is a good point right because the when you look at honestly the values of canadian society it always sort of gets back to money right and that and i don't mean to you know i don't want to it's it's tired but you know the whole you can't eat money kind of thing Mm -hmm. like i don't want to make that point again and again and again i i want to make the sort of points that 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 we made when I was working with the green energy movement to, to try and further green energy in, in Niagara and what, what the research actually bears out is that things like green energy save money, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's an upfront investment to invest in solar panels to move over to wind infrastructure to, but the, the example I always give is the Sir Adam Beck generating station, right? Yeah. They spent, they spent an, a massive amount of public money to invest in that. But that now that's an asset that, that we're, coming up to 100 years of having collectively as a society yeah. and we're going to continue to have that asset moving forward afterwards for me it's it's the same thing with indigenous rights investing in indigenous people the largest growth population in in what's called Canada right now is indigenous youth mm-hmm. so investing in them it's it's logical right yeah. you can you can either build schools or you can build correctional yeah. institutions, right? I right now I say build the schools because that's that's where the smart money is. Right. If, if you're only a fiscally minded, a fiscal conservative, and and that's your main priority, yeah. there actually is an economic interest to to invest in indigenous people and to understand our worldview and our our, our cultural view because yeah. in the longer term it's a better financial bet.
0: No, exactly. I mean, the stats are out. Um, investing and that that well. That, See, then that's an issue that I I have is it's not really investing when it comes down to it. What you're essentially doing is reallocating the funds that are are traditionally ours, right? Um, So for people who aren't aware, the the queen holds all of the funds for indigenous people. So when uh, the INAC department is receiving their budget, they're not giving indigenous people money. They're just re-giving it back to us. they 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 hold it in trust for us it's not like um indigenous people are are receiving this money for free it's it's our money um it's like mommy and daddy saying you know what son you've done good this year i guess we'll give you uh an extra dollar on your allowance right right so you're not in reality give give us the control to control our own lives yeah um and that starts with, with education, that starts with schools, that starts with uh, appropriate health, um, that starts with the Canadian government following through with Jordan's principle, that starts with so, so many things, right? There's so many issues that, that, are, that are out there that we could resolve in, in a matter of a year. Right. And I guess it kind of gets back to, um, I guess, Justin Trudeau. I mean, I know people joke about me being a fanboy of Justin Trudeau, but. You're not a fanboy of Justin Trudeau?
1: I. On a scale of one to 10, how much do you love him? Like 11? 12.
0: 12. Like, I mean, if if he would let me touch his hair, I'd probably. (laughs) No, no, my, 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 my thing with Justin Trudeau is. So I traditionally vote NDP have always voted NDP. I just didn't see a road where they would successfully beat the conservatives. So I made the switch from NDP to the Liberals. And here we are with Justin Trudeau. I thought I thought that he was the lesser of two evils. And I guess time will tell if I was right. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, it screwed me up. I don't know where I was going with my point.
1: Well, you were you were talking about the land trust and okay. that that's something that the you you can go on the Indigenous Affairs website and yeah. they actually they actually reference the the multi-trillion-dollar land trust yeah. that generates billions of dollars in interest and then they allocate some of those billions to to First Nations issues. Yeah. So again, I mean, even just from a from a raw sort of accounting standpoint, the numbers are are sort of there that if you want to look at it from from the fact that indigenous programs are, are effectively self-funded if you look at the land trust model yeah. of, of accounting so that in and of itself I mean it, it's a bit of a misnomer that I mean it goes into our, our myths episode that we did in the yeah. in the awesome local news matters Niagara podcasters network live episode which I would encourage everyone to to go and check out when when we were talking about the myth of indigenous people being leeches on the system right, right. like there's sort of this myth that's painted out there that that you and I we rode we rode here in our Cadillac that was paid for with government money with casino (laughs) bucks and all our welfare dollars and all this sort of freebies and and gifts that we get and and that's not the case I think that one of the biggest investments that that the government needs to needs to improve upon is is education but as I said in the live episode I think that they should provide free post secondary education for for all people like all Canadians, yeah. not just First Nations people because in, investing in education is is always a good bet. Yeah. Knowledge is is always going to be the most powerful thing that, that you can give to people.
0: Yeah no exactly um with with knowledge comes the ability to make a clear and conscious decision
1: children of the future that that's that's the other part too like why why should non indigenous people care about indigenous issues because your children are going to play with my children all of no. our children are going to play together so it just it just makes sense that we try and set the table right. in the absolute best possible way for for all of them moving forward
0: and, and like when you look at it from a statistics point of view indigenous youth are the largest growing segment in the canadian uh, population right now yeah. um next to that is is immigration wow. so you have, you have the opportunity to invest in and care about indigenous people and like i mean i would like to see them do a, a study on indigenous people versus people who have immigrated in and and compare what the government focuses on. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Sure. No?
1: Sure. If you elaborate, I'm sure I could get on the same page as you. (laughs) Sell it to me, Sean. Sell it to me.
0: (laughs) I mean, well, when Justin Trudeau announced that he's allowing um, Syrian refugees coming into Canada, uh, Canadians went crazy. Right, yeah. they they rally behind that concept. Missing and murdered ind- Indigenous women, nothing. Right, um, the water crisis that's happening, nothing. Right, um, when there was that fire that occurred, where was the fire?
1: Oh yeah, that was that was Alberta. That was tragic. Yeah, weather. the the
0: wa- the wildfire that happened in Alberta. Yeah, like the world came to Canada's rescue, yeah. and that, and that was solved in what two months? Yeah. Um. Anytime anything happens in an indigenous community.
1: Well even even on our own program when when Charlie Angus was was a guest on here, I mean mm-hmm. his his he made the very potent observation that when someone found diamonds, right it, it, drop everything there's diamonds let's let's run in there and we'll spend all the money we need to spend and we'll bring in all the people we'll bring in all the experts we'll like we'll we'll get those diamonds out because diamonds are really super useful in 2017 (laughs) we really need diamonds right diamonds are girls best friends right right? you gotta you know you gotta you gotta keep those commercials going and and keep that economy going and who's gonna make the super bowl rings for the patriots every single year (laughs) right so (laughs) 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 damn you tom brady (laughs) bastard but uh what were we talking about uh Water, right? So, yeah. so people need water. People need schools. People need mental health supports. People need a, a reason to, mm-hmm. to wake up in the morning. People need to just to know that they're cared about and they're loved. And that's that's way down the list from diamonds.
0: Yeah, and I, I guess where I was going with the the immigration point is that we can't, Canada takes pride in its ability to care. Canada takes pride in its ability to love and to be that compassionate nation. But I'm not feeling the love from an indigenous standpoint. And I guess for me, this is why indigenous uh, indig- 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 why can't I say that indig- <laughs> <laughs> This is why First Nations issues matter. I'm just going to rename it. I'm going to go back to Aboriginal. That was way easier. <laughs> wow, what is it? 2015. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aboriginal Affairs Department. Right, um, and that's why First Nations issues should matter to to the average Canadian because every other issue matters. So right. why would First Nations issues not matter? Right.
1: Yeah. No, right. That, that makes perfect sense. Like
0: we, I, I'm, I'm deeply offended by the travel ban being upheld by the Supreme Court. Deeply offended by it. I'm not American. I'm not Syrian. I don't live in the Middle East. It, like in reality, it has no bearing on my immediate life. But flat out, it's wrong. Right. Agreed. Same thing. In, same thing with our issues and our causes. Um, Canada, um, refusing to abide by jordan's principles is discrimination at its finest
1: yeah for sure and i mean getting back getting back to the borders like there's nothing that's more representative of The whole nation-state notion, right? Like when when you look again at the lens of history, and if you zoom back a little bit, yeah, even the idea of the modern nation-state is is a new construct, right? Like some countries, like Russia and China and other countries, have been around like basically forever, yeah, for time for time immemorial. But but is brand spanking new. The United States is brand spanking new. Even a lot of the European nations, the way that they they choose to define themselves as as nations is sort of this new concept. Borders are a new idea. Look at the nightmare that borders have created. In israel right yep, yeah, exactly. like i'm not i'm not going to get into bds because people might throw their their ipods out the window right <laughs> <laughs> but when you look when you look at the chaos that's been created because of drawing drawing imaginary lines yep. uh, on maps somewhere right yep. it's it's created a lot of issues and and i think that this trump policy has exacerbated that issue it's taking it back to to our fundamental right when when you look at canada versus the united states the United States acknowledges the Jay Treaty. Yeah. The Jay Treaty is, is a very simple treaty in principle that these lines didn't exist when there were indigenous people yeah. here. We chose not to define ourselves. We sure we had territories and agreements and arrangements. Yeah. But there was never this this like hard line that that like when you're standing on this side, you're in Anishinaabe territory and right. when you're standing on that side, you're in Haudenosaunee territory. Don't cross the line, right? Canada and the United States they they have that. They choose to do that, right? There it sometimes it's a pain in the ass just to go and grab a $2 gallon of milk, yeah. right? Or to go over and to see a Sabres game or a yeah. Bills game or, you know, to, to do this so-called economy support that they love, Right. They they put these these armed officers with drug sniffing dogs dressed in in full <laughs> military uniforms to separate like two perfectly peaceful nations that, yeah. that haven't been in conflict since since 1812. No. Right, so the Jay Treaty is, is basically saying that hey that's that's not our game, right? As indigenous people, I don't know how yous want to define how you want to do your border thing but that's not us yeah. so the united states is like yeah okay you know we get it like you you were a strong and free people and you wish to remain free so we're going to acknowledge those rights yeah canada just doesn't see it that way they just on principle say that that we're not going to respect the Jay treaty we you need to you need to recognize our borders there's a such thing as canadian indigenous people and american indigenous people and and even even if you're related and interconnected yeah. and intermarried and directly connected to one another, there needs to be that distinction because international borders are oh so super important.
0: <laughs>
1: I can't get over the two uh,
0: two gallon of milk you
1: were talking about. Two dollar uh, two dollar gallon of milk. Yeah, what, yeah. So what's a gallon? A gallon. It's like um, a jug of milk. I know. <laughs> I know. Milk comes in bags over here. <laughs> Where I come from, milk comes in a plastic <laughs> container. And you still take it back. A <laughs> uh, uh, note from our producer: It's four liters. <laughs> How many bags? Uh, How much is that in bags of milk? I don't know. Do they have bags of, of milk in non non-dish with one spoon territory? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that.
1: The international border is is made up, and that. Things like travel bans, I think, I think aggravate the whole idea of international borders. And when, and when you look at the principles of treaties and treaty agreements, mm-hmm. I mean, the it, it it's. I'm not saying it was utopia, and I'm not saying everything was perfect. But when you look at history, every indication was that when settlers came to Turtle Island, they were welcome mm-hmm. with open arms. Yep. To me, it seems like it's in Canada's best interest to continue with that type of thinking. Yep.
0: I mean, and that's that's the uh, fairy tale that they tell, right? That's the um reputation that they want in the international scene is we are the nation that openly welcomes anybody and everybody regardless of race gender religion so on and so forth but when it comes to the j j i can't talk today (laughs) when it comes to the j treaty and i'm saying a letter too it's not even like i'm saying a a crazy word like (laughs) indigenous um when it comes to the j treaty they fail to recognize that and that's one thing that i mean i'll I'll give the united nation or united (laughs) united states credit for is is that they do accept that and they do honor that and they do recognize that um but yeah
1: that's it that's the age-old debate is uh i mean we've talked about it before right like I heard you identify not only as a Canadian, but identify with this, you know, Canadian values. And, and I was laugh, right. For, for listeners that that don't know, I was born in Buffalo and lived in Buffalo. And then I, I live in, in Niagara Falls now. And even when I'm, when I'm crossing the imaginary line, I'll, I'll, sort of be a dick with the border guards and when they ask me where I'm from I'll say Niagara Falls and they ask me where I'm going I'll say Niagara Falls (laughs) and not specify (laughs) because that's part of my J treaty right so but for people that don't know I I, uh, I've sort of straddled both sides of the border which just helps my impartiality when it comes to nations I think Sean you've been very clear about identifying with with Canadian values right I do and sort of saying that that Canadians kind of feel like they do it better than Americans right like they're they're a little more socially inclusive They're a little more tolerant. They're a little more tolerant of diversity. They pride themselves on on being a bit of a socialist nation. Right. But but when it comes to how indigenous rights are handled, the indigenous protections in the Constitution of the United States and the indigenous protections in the Constitution of Canada are very, very different. And I don't think either country nails it. But I think you could take some elements of the the sovereign treaty nation state notion that the United States uses. And you could take some notions from the respect for treaty law and the idea that treaty rights exist outside of the law from the Canadian system. I think you take elements of those and bring them together and you may be able to work with the two of them to come up with the ideal, the ideal way to recognize treaty rights. But, but for now, Canada has to start with simple things like just out and out acknowledging the Jay treaty. Yeah, exactly.
0: Or... Land ownership, right? I was Funny thing, I was reading the uh, Indian Act last night. And uh, when it comes to... You were
1: just bored and sitting around. Yeah, what am I going to do this evening? Well, yeah. I, think I'll, <laughs> I think I'll pull out this dusty old Indian Act and give it a read through.
0: <laughs> well, I was at a, a play and the whole basis of the play was the Indian Act. I'm like, well, I haven't read in a while. I guess I'll do it. And uh, one of the things that just completely caught me off guard is, is the fact of land ownership. Like if I die um, and I happen to own land, it goes back to the minister. Wow. Yeah. The minister immediately gets it. Um, if I am mentally ill, and this is this is the... Uh,
1: if you're mentally ill. Well, <laughs> just kidding. Eight
0: o'clock on, uh, on Canada, day. <laughs> Canada Day.
1: Canada Day. Canada Day for the day. day. <laughs> yeah.
0: So if, if you, one of the subtitles in the Indian Act talks about being mentally ill and mentally ill Indians. And if they are found to be mentally ill, all ownership... All property goes right back to the minister, and that's crazy. That's an absolute insanity. They they direct how wills are to be made. They direct how uh, land transfers are to be happen to happen and occur. Um, buying property on the reserve is drastically different and way harder than it is uh, in in Saint Catharines or Negro on the Lake or any other major city, even. Virgil or countries are counties? 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 Yeah, is that is that um yeah. that's American, isn't it? Counties? Do no, we, have,
1: we have counties over here? Do we? I think right. I don't know. Don't we? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We're looking at our producer for the bailout. Yeah. <laughs> so counties aren't
2: officially. Uh, I gotta fix the mic a little here. Uh, counties aren't officially recognized as a uh, as a legal municipal structure anymore. Okay. So you have. Regional municipalities uh, instead. So in St. Catharines, that used to be in uh, in Lincoln County, right, which is where you get the Lincoln County Humane Society uh, from. Wow. Um, that got replaced with regional municipalities the last time I think in the seventies when they redid the Municipal uh, Act. Okay. So um,
0: uh, Virgil is uh, it's just a town. Okay, town. Okay. Yeah. So buying land in Virgil is drastically easier than it is to buy land on reserve. This okay. this whole thing, though, just blew me away. Like the, the land, like owner
2: ownership
1: rights yeah. are regulated by Indian Act. Yeah. I, di- I didn't know that. Yeah. So... Yeah, we don't we don't own our land on the reservation. Like right. our our family also has has land and but we don't own that land. Yeah. The the crown owns that land and holds it in trust for <laughs> us. So, we can sever it, partition it, build on it, develop it, do do what we want with it, but we we can't actually yeah. own it.
0: And like god forbid they find diamonds on our property, they have the right to come in and just completely kick us out. Yeah. Without any warning, without any hesitation, without any second thought given. Um, and that's why you, there's so many economic, ep- economical difficulties on First Nations communities and First Nations reserves is because the amount of regulations that businesses have to go through to actually get on reserve. Like one of the logical things is if, if a reserve is tax free, why would you not put a car dealership on reserve? Yeah. Right. Why would you not put a Walmart on reserve? Why would you not put all these major economical machines in in that place and the answer is because it takes too damn long well that's
1: that's part of it but then technically you're not supposed to sell uh tax-free goods to non-indigenous people and allow them to take them off the reserve technically according according to the letter of of canadian law but jumping jumping back to the land being held in trust uh there's actually a pretty good example on on oneida oneida of the thames uh settlement first off i want to make the distinction that Oneida of the Thames is a settlement as opposed to a reserve. So when, when Curve Lake was allocated as a reserve, for example, the queen bequeathed Curve Lake to the people of Curve Lake. So what did she Out do? Out of the kindness she bequeathed. Say that again? Bequeathed. Okay. Bequeathed, oh. not bequeathed. There's a big difference. Think of the visual. Nope. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> when, the, when the queen severed by queefing, um, curve.
2: <laughs>
0: we're keeping this in okay. This is not, I'm going to continue to talk. <laughs> okay, there's, no, there's no way to edit that out. We're
2: totally gonna have to put the explicit rating on this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, when the queen bequeathed curve lake. She set it aside as, yeah. as a reservation. I believe, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not intimately familiar, but okay. I know that that most of the reservations were were allocated by some form of treaty or right. agreement or or something else. So, Knight of the Thames has the distinction mm-hmm. of we brought a pot of money and we actually bought the 5,200 acres. Oh, so, okay. uh, but it's still, it still is classified as a reserve for legal purposes, yeah. right? But, but in terms of of uh, in terms of the actual law, it has very separate and, and distinct rights because effectively. More or less, I mean, it was done in a shady backhanded way, but the queen said, here's this land. And indigenous people said, "Um, well, I guess this is the best we can do. So let's sort of go along with this. Whereas when the Oneida people came along, they said, no, no, we got this pot of money. Where have you got some land? They talked to uh, Chippewa, the Chippewa people who yeah. were there. They talked to the Muncie, Delaware people yeah. who were there. And they said, you know, oh, well, this is your traditional hunting territory anyway. So why not buy this parcel of land? Yeah. So we bought we bought the parcel of land. But very specifically about, about what you were talking about is is that our land has, has a hydro tower on it. Yeah. And I didn't know until uh, I briefly dated a girl in high school whose family also had a hydro tower on their property, the exact same hydro tower, how much more money they got for the hydro tower that that was in Fort Erie yeah. than the hydro tower that that's on Oneida of the Thames. First off, yeah, there was no there was no contract, there was no consent given, yeah. there was no question asked. It said, Oh, this is this is a reserve. This is uh, so we're just gonna go ahead and, and build these hydro towers here. Uh, there was no form of compensation that was offered until much later mm-hmm. when members of the community legally sued at the, at the time it was, it was Ontario hydro for yeah. for some sort of compensation for it, but they're still grossly undercompensated. And the, and the logic baffles me that still to this day in 2017, members of, of the United of the Thames first nation receive significantly less money than, than members of non first nations communities who right. have hydro towers going through them. So that in and of itself, it's codified in the law that the land, the land is less valuable
0: and this is why indigenous issues should matter (laughs) that right there
1: fairness 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 simple
0: matter of fairness right i mean it's the fact that we even have to do this episode in this podcast is i don't know
1: well there are i i i've found that there is a change that's happening i yeah I mean you hear the term paradigm shift yeah. all the time right when you're when you're trying to look at how people look at things and I remember that there was a time when I would walk into a room and say I'm not a Canadian yeah and people would be like you radical yeah I would walk into a room and say I don't I don't even really believe in the concept of land ownership I think right. that I think that land was gifted to us by our ancestors and that we're simply occupying it in mm-hmm. trust for for the ones that follow us right you can't take it with you when you die right yeah. A uh, blade of grass doesn't own the soil that that it sets its roots down mm-hmm. in. Right, someday that blade of grass won't be there, and the soil still will be there. That's that's how I see land. But that that used to be a radical. That yeah. used to be a radical notion too. I would say that publicly, and people were like, oh, we can't let this guy talk because yeah. that's that's like way out there, yeah. right? So, but we're we're living in a world now where these realities are starting to become everybody's everyday reality. So why why do indigenous issues matter to non indigenous people? Because I think I think that everything should matter to everybody. And we should just try and live in a more caring place. So without prompting, that's my traveling thought for the day. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no problem. Well said. Thanks, buddy. Um, for me, why
0: indigenous pe- people? Why indigenous people? Indigenous. Indigenous. I wasn't I was even trying to. Say, I was so focused on saying indigenous that I didn't say people. Or I did say people, but I meant to say uh I don't know. Indigenous, indigeneity, indigenous, and Canada,
1: indigenous, indigenous,
0: I do apologize for this episode and this broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you're laughing as much as we are. Um, but why indigenous issues matter um, for non-indigenous people is is essentially what I said earlier in the show, is that we are all human beings when it comes down to it. We are all red-blooded. We are all going to die. We are all essentially the same and it's our to me it's our re- obligation to care for one another it is our obligation obligation to be compassionate for one another it's our obligation to look out for the weakest member in society you are only as strong as as the weakest link um and that to me that's why indigenous issues matter um strength within numbers
1: does that make sense it makes a whole ton of sense. You've been listening. You've been listening. You've been listening. You've been listening, listening. listening to their indigenous podcast network, Pop <laughs> Up Studios, Pop Up Studios, and castrons. <laughs> <shank-kashrens. laughs>
0: this is One Dish One Mike with Carl and Sean,
1: Woo-hoo. and Trevor. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna get out of here before this gets any worse. Good luck. Thanks
2: for listening to One Dish One Mike on the Niagara Podcasters Network. Your hosts are Carl Dockstader and Sean Vanderklis. Recording is done at the Pop-Up Podcast Studio at Cowork Niagara, home of Niagara's independent workforce. Executive producer is Trevor Twining. Production assistance by Daniel Twining. Show artwork by Mitch Baird. Music by DJ Shubb, used with permission. If you have show ideas or comments, you can reach us on Twitter, at Niagara Podcasts.